Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. What is, what is it that you're expecting in your life today from the Lord? And, you know, it's, 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 so, it's so strange when, when um, if, in a, if you're in a dry season, it may seem like God's a million miles away, but he's just, he, he's closer than you can imagine. One breath, and he alters every, every possible circumstance in your life. One breath from God. One word from God. And, you know, so there's, my job as, as a minister is to, is to create an atmosphere of anticipation where you anticipate something from the Lord. Where you, you have a, a holy expectancy. When you, when you come, that you, you expect to, to have an encounter with God, expect your life to be affected in a different kind of way. And that only comes by the third person of the Trinity, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's here. He's here in this place. We want him to be here. We need him to be here. We welcome his presence. We, we want his, his holy interruptions in our life. We want him to move upon us. We want him to, to bring us to, to a place of, of, um, of intimacy with God. We want him to, to bring us under his shadow, to bring us to, to a place where we're, we're just amazed at his manifest presence, amazed at his word, amazed at his loving kindness in our lives. I want to I just share with you for a few minutes this morning about the, about the person of the Holy Spirit, maybe from a different perspective. Ephesians chapter 1. You know, you can never run out. People think, well, how can you preach again on, about God again? You've got to think of something else other than God to preach about. He's an unlimited topic. You can, he's inexhaustible. Just when you get started, you think, then you've got another eternity to, to check things out. He is... He is inexhaustible. You start talking about the third person of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, the wonderful Holy Spirit. You're, you're trying to describe a bottomless ocean. And it's, it's just, it, you've never, we've never even, we've never scratched the surface. We haven't explored any very little, little, little parts of it. There's so much more of him for us to discover. So we'll go there this morning. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Paul, of course, the apostle, he says, in, in him, in Christ, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed. Everyone say sealed. I was sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. You know, the, this last week, you know, I've been teaching on, I've been teaching on, um, Wednesday nights here on the book of Revelation. And we talked about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And we talked about, talked about the Antichrist. And we talked about the, the, the mark of the beast. We're, we're, it's, you know, it's, it's an incredible topic to start thinking about these events actually happening, happening possibly in the scope of our lifetime. And you start thinking about the, the, the mark of the beast and the implications of that yeah, there will be, in the, in the last of days, there will be two different types of marked people. 
Two, t- two people carrying a mark. One will be a mark of this world, a mark in order to relate to this world, and a mark to be able to operate in, in the economy of this world. But there's going to be another kind of people that will also be here amongst us. Hopefully, you won't be here, but possibly some of you will be. And, and if you are here, there's another mark. Another mark, and that's what this is talking about, that, that we can carry actually right now upon our life. And it's the, it's the spiritual mark or the seal. Everyone say the seal. The seal of the Holy Spirit. It can't be seen with natural eyes, but it can be seen by the angels. It can be seen by the demonic spirits. It can be seen by God. It's a mark on your soul. It's the, it's the sealing presence of God Almighty, the third person of the Trinity, when he marks you and says, this person belongs to me, my property. And it's, that's what this is talking about. It's, I want to read a, a, one of the blogs that I wrote this week. It says, sealed. Have you ever wished you lived in a different time? As a child, we would often live in a make-believe world pretending we lived in a different time or different place. Maybe you wished you lived in the pioneer days, traveling across the country in a covered wagon. Or, or maybe you dreamed about the night, days of knights and chivalry. For, for some, they wished they'd lived in the New Testament days. You know, when God was really moving in the earth. As they say, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. If we could actually see with the eyes of God, we would recognize that these are the Bible days. Right now, right here, right now. These are the Bible days, days of prophetic fulfillment. It's a great day to be alive and to be a follower of Christ. Bible prophecies being fulfilled. Christ will soon return for his bride. I can't wait for that great day. It's going to shock the world. The days of the move of the Spirit are here. As Christians, we should strive diligently for the supernatural. Our relationship with the Holy Spirit is not something that's optional to live for Christ in, the genera- in this generation. We need His hand upon our lives. We live in a dangerous world without the power, without the baptism in the Holy Ghost. It's impossible to resist the temptations that are out there. You'll find yourself in compromise after compromise without the power, without the sealing of the Holy Ghost upon your life. Here's a quote from R.T. Kendall's book on, on, the, on the holy fire. He says, all of God's children have God's seal on them. In a word, all who have saving faith are sealed with the Holy Spirit. God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with his inscription. The Lord knows those who are his. First, he authenticates us. We've been given authority to become sons of God. Second, he owns us. We're not our own. We are bought with a price. Indeed, God set his seal of ownership upon us. Third, the seal of God on us guarantees our safety. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Fourthly, there's nothing greater than having the approval of one whose power, authority, and integrity matters. Timothy had Paul's approval. I have no one else like him, Paul said. He proved himself. Finally, our eternal destiny is sealed. Paul said, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of of redemption. The anointing of the Spirit is essential in this compromising, goofed up world that we live in. Temptation and compromise are inevitable without his power at work in us. Being sealed by the Spirit puts his mark on our lives. If we say we belong to him, that's the place I want to live my life, marked and set apart by the power of his Spirit. 
Now, I want, I want to, to, to say again, what I'm describing here is the mark of God upon your life. And he marks us with himself. He marks us with himself. The third person of the Trinity comes upon us and we begin to carry in our lives as Christians, as we walk through this world, the mark of God, the seal of the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Trinity comes upon us and and covers us with his godly presence. It's awesome. So this, and this is, this is the fruit of that, the results of that. First, First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, we carry this mark as a mark of God's ownership on my life. I've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. This body is no longer my own. I don't, have, I don't have final authority over what this body is going to do anymore. Everywhere I go, I carry this mark of God's authority upon my life. He goes where I go. He lives where I live. And, he, and, his, and his mark upon my life is, is designed, one of the things it's designed to do is to keep me from living the way I used to live my life. You know, how, how can I go and do the things that I used to do? How can I freq- frequent the haunts that I used to frequent with the Holy Ghost on my life? He doesn't want to go to the bars. He doesn't want to go to the strip clubs. He doesn't want to go to the casino. He's got other plans for your life. Oh, don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. This is holiness. God is, he is the Holy Spirit. He's not the compromising spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. And he marks us with himself. I belong to God. Just say that right now. I belong to God. I belong to God. This body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. This body belongs to God. Amen. And and also, this, this mark upon my life gives me the mark and the sign of God's authority. John chapter 1 verse 12, as many as received him, to to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in him. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So I am now carrying a mark of God's authority on my life. No, remember what they said about Jesus? They, they sent, the, the, they sent the, the, the priests, sent the temple guard to go arrest Jesus. They went to arrest him. This was before it was time to arrest him. You're not going to be arresting him until he, he said it was time to be arrested. And they went to arrest him. And they went, and they went to check him out, and, and they came back without him. And, and they said, well, where, where is he? Why didn't you arrest him? And they looked at him, and he, they said, now this didn't even make sense. No one ever spoke like this man before. No one. We've heard the scribes teach and the Pharisees, but no one carried authority on their life like he did. How can you arrest him? He represented God. Now, you, 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 whether you realize it or not, this is huge. 
The Holy Spirit has come upon you. He lives upon you. And now you're his representative. And you carry his seal of authority everywhere you go. Whether people, they don't like it. They will fight you. They will criticize you. They'll persecute you. But they know in their hearts, this is not the same person I used to know. There's something different about them. They talk different. They act different. And they don't know how to put their finger on it. But what they're saying is there's an authority in their life that I'm not comfortable with with now. now. The authority authority of of God. Seals. Seals. I'm sealed. sealed. I carry something on my life. I didn't carry this before, but it came on me. It's very real. It's not my imagination. It's tangible. It's the power of the Spirit of the Lord. He's on me now. He lives in my life. He lives in my hands. He lives in my words. He speaks through my voice. Yep. And he's backed. This is, this is another evidence. Hallelujah. Hebrews 2.4. God also bearing witness. God also bearing witness. He's talking about to his, his, his sons and daughters. He's bearing witness. How is he bearing witness? With signs, wonders, various miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. We are backed up. We are backed up by the power of God now. The dunamis power of God. The power of God that casts out devils. The power of God that that heals the sick. These signs shall follow those that believe. They will lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. Not by our name. You know, that was the very question that Peter was interrogated about. The very priests that condemned Jesus to die and, and turned him over to Pontius Pilate. They were criticizing Peter and they got up in Peter's face and they said, Whose name, whose authority, whose power are you speaking in today? And they said, We are speaking today in the authority and in the power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he had to get his little dig in. He couldn't just leave it right there. He said, by the way, aren't you the ones that crucified him and delivered him over to the Romans to suffer and die? This very one whom you crucified, God has raised up from the dead. And it's through the authority and power in his name that this lame man is standing right here today, leaping and rejoicing and praising God by faith in his name, by the power of the name of Jesus. He's been made whole. There's power in the name of Jesus. Yes, there's power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Yeah, he's break, he can break. What kind of chain did you have in your life? There's power, there's power, there's supernatural power. The power of God is greater than the power of alcohol abuse. The power of God is greater than the power of immorality. Oh yeah, and pornography addiction. The power of God is greater than substance abuse and the powers that have held you in slavery. The greater power of God is able, oh it's by the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the anointing that breaks this yoke off of our lives. The power of God. Amen. Also, 1 Peter chapter, back, 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 chapter 1, verse 5. Peter's talking about the power of God. And he said this power of God was like a shield. 
Hallelujah, like a shield of protection. He said, I saw it. He said, I saw it at work. They tried to arrest Jesus and he passed through the midst of them. They couldn't put their hand on him until he said it was time. He walked right through the midst of the crowd that was trying to kill him. He had a shield. He was defended and protected by, by God Almighty until the day when he laid his life down like a lamb to the slaughter. First Peter 1.5, Peter said, we are kept. I am kept. I'm kept by the power of God. I'm kept by the power of God. I am kept by the power of God. I'm kept. This seal is on my life, and I'm kept by the power of God. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I'm kept by the power of God. He's around me. He's surrounding me. He's protecting me for his glory, for the honor of his name. Peter said that I'm kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Yeah, David had this shield on him. He said, the Lord is my fortress. He is my strong tower. I run into him and, and I am helped. He's my, my hiding place. I can run through a troop and, and leap over a wall. No weapon, Isaiah said, no weapon that was formed against him could prosper. The Lord was his shield of protection. He is my shield of faith. You know, it's, it's said, they don't talk much about it in the news, but it's said that there is a, a shield of protection this is, this is not spiritual, it's natural. There's a, there's a literal shield of protection. I think they might call it the iron shield, if I'm not mistaken, over the nation of Israel. There's a shield that they've put up. Oh yeah, it's a shield. It's to, it's to, protect, it's to protect that land from, from incoming missiles. It's, it's been placed, oh no, this isn't a, this isn't a spiritual shield, but we, we have a shield that's more real. I, we have a shield that's more real, more powerful, and there, there's no missiles going to slip through that shield until the Lord says it's time. But there is, there is a shield of protection around his sons and daughters. 10,000 might fall on one side and 1,000 at the other side, but it will not come you. The Lord is your shield of faith. He is, he is your protection. Yeah, and it says going on, Acts 5.32, we're talking about the seal of the Holy Ghost, the mark. Now, when I, when I talk about the seal of the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about the tangible, manifest, real presence of God. I'm not talking about some vague idea, some, some, some strange, vague idea. I'm talking about something more real than this pulpit sitting here. Something more real than this pulpit, a wall of fire, the Holy Ghost who's around his sons and daughters. And it's a seal. It also, this seal is the seal of approval. It says, we are his witnesses to these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. It's the mark of authority. It's the mark of approval. It's the mark of authenticity. You know, when, when Paul would write a letter in, 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 in his days, he didn't have a, a book, you know, like we had. He had a scroll. And this scroll would be, would be rolled up and it would be sealed like the seven seals on the scroll in the book of Revelation. And these seals were important. There was a, a seal and it was a special seal that Paul, it was Paul's auth mark of authenticity. 
And when he sent a letter, when there came a letter from the, from the apostle Paul into a church, they would, there would be rumors would scatter all throughout the community. Come, we've just received a scroll from the apostle. It has his mark of authenticity. And they would gather from far and wide and people would hang on every word as they read the words of the apostle Paul in their church for the first time reading New Testament scripture in the, in the congregation. It was the seal. This is this apostolic seal. This is authentic. It's the real thing. The Holy Spirit makes things authentic. You know, your heart is crying out. All of our hearts are crying out for something real. We don't want to be tricked. We don't want a facade. We don't want hucksters. We don't want people that are, that are just saying stuff to us. You know, they, they preach in a popular slogan to get a certain response. Telling you if you do this, God's going to do that. We want something real. I don't know about you. I don't need a huckster speaking into my life. I need a th- authenticity. I need authority. I need apostolic authority. I need the seal of the Holy Ghost. And he is the, he is the one who puts his, his mark on it and says, you are safe. You stay under this seal of my authority, under the shadow, under my anointing, under the cloud. It's God's cloud of authenticity. Don't lift your cloud, Lord God. Lord, we need the cloud. We want, we want this place to be real. We don't want it to be phony, Lord. We're not looking for showbiz. Lord, we're not looking for, we're not looking for showbiz or popularity. Lord, all we want is, is something real. We want your mark, Lord, the cloud in this place. The cloud of authenticity. You know, the greatest thing that can be said about a, a church is that, that God's in that place. That God is in that place. That God dwells in that place. Wow. Let me give you a couple other scriptures before we pray. Sealed for the day of redemption, Ephesians 4.30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not grieve the anointing. Don't quench the anointing. Don't grieve the anointing. By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Oh yeah, there is a day of redemption coming, the final day. Yeah, I've been, I've been redeemed and purchased by his blood, but there's a day when the, the, when, it's, when the finality of that work will take place. When the effect of what really happened at the cross takes place. When, that, when I'm given my new body. I'm, I'm, I'm right now under his protection and under his mark. Sealed by God to the day of redemption. I'm in a place of safety. I'm in a place of security. I'm in a place of God's protection. I'm in a, in a, in a place of, of God watching over every move that I make in my life. Now here's another scripture, 2 Timothy 2.19. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. You know, there's, there's some distinct characteristics of the, of the move of God in the 15 and 1600s called the Reformation. And one of the distinct, doc, there were several distinct doctrines that came out of that. One of them, of course, Martin Luther talking about the priesthood of the believer and all of us have access to God individually. But there was another powerful doctrine that was a major pillar, part of the, the Refor- Reformation. And it was what they called the perseverance. Everyone say perseverance. The perseverance of the saints. 
Now, what that, what that means, now, I don't know about you, but what happened to me in 1973 and what was confirmed in 1994 in my life is irrevocable. It happened to me, and there's, there's, there's not a doubt in my mind that I'm not going to be there in that great day. I don't know about anyone else because I'm not in your skin, and I don't know what happened to you. I don't know what's going on inside your head, but I know what happened to me. And what's happening in my life, there is a distinct, clear witness of the Spirit of God in my life and upon my life that's, that's, that's promising not only to start this work, but to finish this work. There's a perseverance of God that's been sown in my life. I will be there in that great day at the end of time. Not a question in my mind. Not a question of my, in my mind because, why is there not a question in my mind? Because of the witness of the Holy Spirit in and upon my life. He witnesses to me every day that, that I'm His and I belong to Him. And, and He's the one that, that carries me through. It's the word that I received in 1990 when it looked like there was a chance we were going to lose this building. The Lord said, hey, I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. I've started something in your life. Don't you think I can finish what I started? I'm the author. I'm the beginning. I believe in the perseverance of His sons and daughters. I believe that if it's in you, you're going to finish the race. You're going to run with strength, and you're going to run into the arms of God's love. Amen. I want to finish. I've got two other scriptures I want to read to you. One is out of Song of Solomon. Set me as a seal upon your hearts. <laughs> Set me, Song of Solomon 8, 6 and 7. Set me as a seal upon your hearts, as a seal upon your arm. For love is as strong as death. Jealousy is cruel as the grave. Its flames are flames of fire. Woo! It's the love of God. Can you, if you were to describe your faith today, would you describe it as flames of fire in your soul? Would you describe what's going on in here somewhere, a vehement flame? That's, you know, it's, it's, if, it's, if it's burning, it's hot, and it's inside of you. There's a fire. There's a real fire. Let it burn. Stir up the gift of God. Fan into flames. That thing that's been bur birthed inside of you, maybe it's just, em just embers and coals right now. Light it up. Burn that fire. Let, stir up the gift of God. Let the wind blow on it and stir it up inside of you again. A most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench this kind of love. Nor can floods drown it. If a man would give for love all the wealth in his house, it would be utterly despised. You know, we have, in our culture, we have a, a seal that we put upon our finger, our, a mark. It's called a wedding ring. It's a mark. It's a sign of something. This isn't the real thing, but it's a sign of the real thing. It's a sign of a marriage, a relationship. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, a, it's called the Arabon or the earnest of our inheritance in Ephesians chapter 1. It's the word that Paul used talking about the pledge, the earnest of the Holy Spirit. He's marked us. We are marked. We belong to someone else now. Paris and I got married in 1973. I belong to her. She belongs to me. We've been, we, are, we are joined together, one spirit, one body in the plan of God. We've been sealed by this mark on our lives. There's something changed that day. Our, our, it affected all the rest of the decisions we'll ever make the rest of our life in this earth, sealed by God. Now that, 
I want to finish with that scripture, the same passage that I'm just quoting from in Ephesians. It says, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, the guarantee, the Erebon of our inheritance. Now in the, in the Amplified Bible, it brings out, out another shade of meaning in this passage. It says, it uses another word. It uses the word foretaste. Everyone say foretaste. The Holy Spirit is a real taste of what's to come. Now, let me ask, when you taste, if you got a pot of gumbo cooking on the stove, and it's cooking, and it's, you start to get the, you, the, the smell, and it's one thing. But when you go get the spoon and you taste it, you're not getting the whole meal, but you're, get, you're, getting, you're getting an authentic sample of what it's going to be like. It's, it's, a, it's a sure bet, it's a foretaste that something good is about to happen to you right? It's a taste of reality. And that is a, that's exactly, exactly what the Holy Spirit is to us. He is a a foretaste. He is a a taste of the reality of the other worlds. Because he exists, we know that other world exists. Because he exists and because he's real to me and no one trying to convince me anymore, I've tasted. It's too late for you to try to convince me the Holy Spirit's not real. It's too late for you to tell me the anointing's not real. I've tasted for myself and he's on me. He bears witness in my spirit every day. I'm tasting the powers of the world to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's real, my friends. Let's stand together in his presence. And I'm going to ask you not to move around. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at www.victoryfellowship.net for service times and for more information.